Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're... The Polter Gals. Allison, do you have seasonal depression? No, I have regular depression. Oh, depresso <laughs> expresso. <laughs> well, that's not great. Um, but we're here in the studio again. Yeah. We're back in the normal studio. Do you feel better? Not no. at Undercroft? I like Undercroft. It's Aww. about as depressing as I am. Oh, I'm sorry. You're so <laughs> depressed, Allison. <laughs> uh, well, we're back in the studio. Um, if you guys can't see us, if you're not watching us on YouTube, you're missing out. Um, don't forget to go find us at youtube.com slash poltergals or yeah. we're on Rogue Media Network's channel or you can find us at roguemedianetwork.com. Um, yes. We're back Patreon. here. Yes, Instagram. and we have our Patreon, patreon.com slash polterpals. Yeah. Um, join us and become a polter pal on our Patreon, um, the PPP on the PPP. Also, uh, mm-hmm. I, bon- I, I posted some bonus content on there. So. Ooh, we love some bonus yeah. content. Also, there's like just a bunch of old videos of me singing random songs, which is pretty great. Primo content. You don't want to miss out on. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're back in our normal studio. We got our little we got our little campfire going. Yeah, because it's chilly. It's a little chilly in here. Um, and not the kind you eat. <laughs> actually, that, should we do a, a chilly and chill episode? Or eat some chili and chill and talk about ghosts? Oh, um, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Um, we also have some exciting news for some Christmas stuff. Tell us, Allison. Well, starting this coming Sunday, which whoop, whoop. is December 4th until December 24th, Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. we will be reading from the book Christmas Ghost Story Ooh. by Nick Dum. D. Marantino is, Ooh. I believe, how you pronounce it. Fancy. Thank you, but, Nick. Yeah. And he... Old it's Saint Nick? Oh, my gosh. How come? How did we not even realize? Thank you, Old Saint Nick, yes. for letting us read from your book. So, we are reading his Christmas ghost story. And it's about, basically, the Rossi family. Ooh. And their house that has been in the family line for years for at least four generations i'm excited so we're gonna be reading that be sure you tune in every sunday monday wednesday thursday and saturday each one of those days between december 4th and december 24th Mm -hmm. will be a new chapter read Yay! And then, yes. of course, we'll have our normal Tuesday Terrifying Tales episode, as well as our normal Friday episodes, um, dropping every single week. Yes. We are doing this for you guys to have non-stop poltergals all the time. Yeah. So, and put it in. Let me just tell you, hmm. it's that book so far has been interesting. Ooh. It's uh, spooky visitors and uh, lots of secrets that mm. have... 
well, that are just slowly starting to unravel. Mm. So let's get into it. Yeah. Um, so don't forget to tune in. Um, and then on this week's episode, um, we're back at Miller Spooky Castle, Allison. Yes. We're back with the Franklin Castle yes. in Cleveland, Ohio. Yep. Because, you know, that's what happens in Ohio. Gets spooky in there. Isn't um, that what the kids are saying nowadays? It's like, mm, only in Ohio. <laughs> that's a thing? Yeah, what? I think so. What? It's fine. It's Where mean. was I? Allison, you got to get on the net. Get on the Clearly web. I'm not on the <laughs> web often enough. But yeah. Maybe I just don't have the right friends. There you go. It's That's just me. That's what it is. I'm her only friend. No, I'm joking. <laughs> this is why she is depressed. <laughs> uh, it's because I treat her so poorly. Allison, I love you. This is so sad. Allison, I love you. Maybe I just need to Why move. do you never say that you love me back? I don't even tell my own mother I love her. Wow. I Sorry, think, Sandra. I think in the whole 25 years of my existence, I have told her I love you willingly once. Wow. And I was when she was five. <laughs> I was 15. Oh, great. Um, well, before we get into more of Allison's family's issues, um, let's find out more about this house and castle with more issues oh, don't than worry. Allison. <laughs> don't worry. This family has all the issues. <laughs> all right. So let's get into the Franklin Castle. So Franklin Castle, also known as Tiddeman House, is a Victorian stone house built in American Queen and style, mm-hmm. which is located on 4308 Franklin Boulevard in Cleveland's Ohio City neighborhood. Nice. The building has four stories and more than 20 rooms and 80 windows. Oh no, more windows. We're getting Winchester House vibes in here. <laughs> I know, but... But are there staircases leading to nowhere? I guess we're going to find out. Oh, let's find out. <laughs> in the late 19th century, it was roughly when it was built, Franklin... Boulevard was one of the most prestigious residential avenues in Cleveland. It was even reported to be one of the most haunted houses in Ohio. So we're starting out strong. Yeah. (laughs) So, and don't worry. uh, It gets worse from here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It gets worse. On March 15th of 1982, it was added as the National Register of Historic Places. Fancy. It was built between 1881 and 1883. And we know in the 1800s, that's when all the spooky all things the happened. Spookies. Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to find out why even more <laughs> oh, with this house. Oh, no. It was by the famed architectural firm of Cuddle and Richardson for Haynes Tideman, a prosperous German immigrant. <gasps> well, how can anything be spooky if it has the word cuddle in it? But it's like su- mm. Kudel. But it's, it's cuddling. Cuddle. It's cuddle. It's cuddling. There's been a cuddle spooky. of ghosts. Yeah, that's all it is. It's <laughs> cuddling the ghosties, and you know. <laughs> cuddle them. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of something smart to say but i realized i was just far too long of a pause to even think of anything <laughs> great fine. anyway so we're laughing because well if you want to find out why you gotta go to you gotta go patreon. to patreon.com patreon. and Ooh. if you're seeing the the five second version on instagram again you gotta go to patreon Debbie almost died. I almost died. Allison is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But we're back. Um, So (laughs) let's get back into the serious, this very, very serious, very, very important history. 
So on January 15th of 1881, Tidman's 15-year-old daughter, Emma, succumbed to diabetes. No! <laughs> That's what it is! Succumbed to diabetes! Which means she died. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm sorry we're crying right now. I'm actually <laughs> sobbing. Um, well, that's sad. So his 15-year-old daughter died due to diabetes, um, which is so sad. And I'm so sorry. We hate when children die. It's very sad. I promise it's not the... We're not being insensitive. No. Please don't cancel us. So the property saw its second death not long afterwards when Tideman's elderly mother... Rebecca. Rebecca. It's like Rebecca, but Webecca. I almost said you Wakanda. You don't Rebecca. Webecca. I almost said Wakanda. Right, that would work too. <laughs> Died. During the next three years, the Tidemans would bury three more children, giving rise to speculation that there is more to the deaths that, than that met the eye. Right, now we're getting a, an amber alert. Allison, you caused this. <laughs> Missing endangered child in Paradise, Texas. Victim is seven-year-old white female, Athena Strand, who was seen wearing a gray, black, long-sleeved blue jeans and flower in her front pocket. <laughs> All right. So, <coughs> oh my. To distract his wife, Louise, from these tragedies, Tideman began extensive construction on the home, adding a ballroom which runs the length of the house on the fourth floor of the manor. Also during this building... Turrets? 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 Turrets were fancy back in the day. Turrets? Everybody wanted turrets on their house, on their castles. Yikes. And gargoyles were added to the... Edifices. Edifices. Fancy. Very fancy house. Giving the house an even more pronounced castle appearance. It is rumored that hidden rooms and passageways were used for bootlegging during Prohibition. Ooh, we've talked about that before. Yeah. It's almost like a there's a specific place we film in that was possibly hmm. used for exactly that. A speakeasy. Hmm. Man, who would have thought? Undercroft? <laughs> <laughs> Though rumored none of these rooms or passageways exist, other than a small stairway used by servants from the kitchen to the front door. Luis died from liver disease on March 24, 1895, at the age of 57. The next year, Hand, Hand sold the house to the Malhazer family, and by 1908, he and the entire Titan family were dead, leaving no one to inherit his considerably personal wealth. Wow. That's so sad. So, from literally everybody in the entire family died. So, that's not good. And now Allison's crying again. Oh, what great laughs we had on this no. episode. No, we're not going back. <clears throat> Inappropriate. <laughs> Rumors of crimes committed in the house by Tidman, including sexual indiscretions and murder, have contributed to Franklin Castle's reputation as a possible haunted house. From 1921 to 1968, the house functioned as a home to various German and cultural organizations. In January of 1968, James Romano and his wife and six children settled in the house. Hmm. The Romano family reported several encounters with the paranormal. Ooh, that's where I'm going to get so, into. Spoilers! Uh, and... 
Of course, I've said in 1982, the location was added to the National Register of Historic Places. Mm -hmm. And in 1984, Michael Davinko and Judy Garland's fifth and last husband purchased Franklin Castle and almost immediately started making major renovations Mm -hmm. to the house. Over the next 10 years, Michael spent close to $1 million renovating the castle and even going so far to track down some of the original furnishing to the castle. Despite all of this, he put the house up for sale in 1994. I don't know if you want to go ahead and copy that and move it. I am. Keep doing your thing. And there, there have been... A series of owners in the past 30 years. The castle was empty from 1994 until 1999. Michelle Heimberger bought the castle and carriage house for $350,000 using part of her Yahoo stock windfall as one of the company's early employees. A native Clevelander, Heimberg was fascinated with the home and purchased it with intentions of restoring the building to its formal glory. Unfortunately, that same year, a fire badly damaged the castle. Though extensive repairs were done, the house restoration could not be completed. In 2004, there have been rumors of the castle was going to be completely renovated and turned into the Franklin Castle Club. As of 2006, the entire club was proven to be complete a, a complete sham. It was fake. Yes. Fake club. Did not actually exist. And no repairs had ever been made. And the pictures on the website were all either close-up shots of individual architecture or pictures stolen from other websites. Wow. Yeah. That's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Scheme. Scheme. So, uh, no work has been done no memberships were ever sold wow. and there were even evidence that the castle has even been used to shoot certain things naughty videos yeah. naughty naughty not so good like only fans <laughs> only only fan stuff worse than only worse than only fan <laughs> stuff if you could think of it you got it <laughs> i know it when i see it <laughs> so around this time though the exterior stone of the building was cleaned and polished parapet what's that the parapet you want that to be the word of the week sure yeah parapet (laughs) i think like prepared probably or like made fancy um so parapet on the left side of the facade and was rebuilt according to the 18th century design Ooh, fancy the property was once again damaged in march of 2011 when the carriage house was damaged again by fire. Wow. Is that why we have a little fire here? Is to pay, pay respects to all the fire that has ravaged this building? I mean, like, to be why fair, so many though, fires? I mean, to Just, be fair, that light bulb over there almost. We did have, a, like, literally this this recording is cursed, number one. Um, so anything that happened that. in this episode, we're sorry. Um, number two, we did have a light bulb that almost exploded and was on fire. <laughs> And now we have a tiny fire, so um, it's fine. But this one's controlled and fake, so we don't actually have to worry about that one. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of yeah. sad. So yeah. yet again, in 2011, 11, yeah. the house burned down again. Yeah. Well, the carriage house burned down. The carriage house, yeah. Yeah. So it was announced that same year in July that the Franklin Castle had been rezoned to allow it to become a three-family dwelling, and that a cell was pending. Ooh. 
European tapestry artist. Tapestry. Tapestry? That means artist. like a fancy, like, woven, like, cloth. Tapestry. Oh. Tapestry artist. Mm-hmm. Here, Donna Dell purchased Franklin Castle in 2011 for $260,000. Wow. So less than that other lady bought it for. Wow. About $100,000 less. Also, it's probably destroyed and has had fires yeah. and didn't actually get any work on it for like 20 years and was a scheme and also had yeah. a bunch of deaths in it. So yeah. honestly, I think $26,000. We always talk about the money on here and be like, like that's a lot of money. But yeah. you know what? I feel like this is fair estimate. Yeah. This is, I this mean, is two fair. fires and a uh, fake a ponzi scheme yeah and i don't even know what a ponzi scheme is i just keep saying ponzi scheme I mean, and i've said it sometimes i don't even think i know what that means anymore <laughs> um and then also deaths and maybe murders and yeah. also yeah potential. pornography yeah. <laughs> yeah. trigger warning <laughs> for those of you who could not think of the uh only fans there you go <laughs> i don't think we're allowed to say that either so oh well you know well, neither one of us are actually doing it or sponsors, so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, the so, yeah. Cleveland Building and Housing Department issued a permit for res- residential exterior al- alterations in February of 2012. Local news sources have reported that the buyer intends to convert the building into a three-family house and dwelling in two of the spaces. Wow. In popular culture on March 18th of 2016, the reality TV series Paranormal Lockdown featured the Franklin House in the third episode of its first season. Wow. And on March 5th, 2020, <gasps> Our Frank- yeah, Franklin Castle was featured in the second episode of the season 23 of Ghost Adventure. Zach Baggins. Yes. Which, of course, aired on Travel Channel, and I'm very disappointed because... I want to watch it. I want to watch all of it. But. Do you have Discovery? No. Do you have... Uh, I have Discovery. I can give you my login. Well, like, I have Hulu, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I've been trying to get the add-on, but it's complicated. Gosh darn you, Hulu. Sponsor right. us. Sponsor us Discovery <laughs> so you can watch Ghost Adventures. Yes. <laughs> and it aired also on November 19th of also 2020. More recently. Which was featured on the episode of season four... Episode four, season two of the Halsel Fires, which aired on also on Travel Channel. The Holzer Files, not Fires. Oh no! You said Fires. fires. Oh no! <laughs> fires, Files, Files, and Maybe Fires. Maybe those files will end up on fire. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe that's why I said Fire. The Holzer Files. I think we just have fire on the brain. Mm. Get lit. <laughs> anyway, so that's all for the history. <laughs> yes. So you know what time it is. Commercial break. Commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsors. Spooky. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, 
we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story. And just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> bros and Bros and Heroes. Gonna tell you about bros and foes and heroes. Gonna tell you about. And now back to the show. Spooky. All right, and we're back. It's time to get into the hauntings. Um, I hope you guys listened to some good commercials in there. Um, Our commercial was not good. So if you're listening to the unedited version of this episode, again, we're sorry. (laughs) Um, Allison, are you ready to find out about the hauntings of this location? Yeah. But also, I use that commercial break straight in ours. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Great. We're going to get canceled immediately. For what? If you guys are hate watching us, please leave us a comment. Please go leave us a review. (laughs) What? Endorsing Um, taking medication? Well, yes, but also... (laughs) But not in a bad way. But not in a bad way. Don't abuse your medication. Um, 
But anyway, so now that we're back, um, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. So a lot of this information we got from allthatsinteresting.com on the Franklin Castle. So that's allthatsinteresting.com slash Franklin dash castle. Um, and this is basically the full tragic history of the Franklin Castle, also known as Ohio's most haunted home. Only in Ohio. Only in Ohio. Um, so, of course, Franklin Castle began to develop its unconventional reputation back in the early 1920s. Um, after it was sold to Mulhauser, um, this German socialist society guy, um, and the castle um, allegedly, allegedly um, became the site of illegal liquor during um, the production, during the prohibition, and was possibly used as a nest for Nazis during World War II. Oh, delightful. So, I mean, the great. guy was German, so... What can we say? Prohibition and Nazis. Uh, we told you this episode was not going to be great starting off. <laughs> um, so we're starting off with two great things. Um, I say that as sarcastically as possible. Um, and then, of course, reports of hauntings, however, did not uh, begin until about the 1960s-ish. Because this is, you know, remember, like, whenever seances and stuff were getting popular again. Yeah. Um, and by then, a family with six children moved in. The Romanos, as Allison previously mentioned, move into the house, and they were actually hoping to originally turn it into a restaurant. Ooh. So they're like, we're going to live here, we're going to cook here, we're going to turn it into a restaurant. The Romanos restaurant. I hope it was Italian. But instead, they found themselves battling ghosts. Okay. So the hauntings began right away. Like, literally on the day the Romanos moved in, two of their children said that they encountered a crying girl in white on the third floor. Oh, Sally, a little Sally, uh, or actually, I mean, she's not a woman yet, so she's not a woman in white. So she's just a, a girl, girl in white. So that's Sally in white. That's so that, more we'll, we'll, acceptable. We'll accept it. We'll accept it. Um, so they encountered a little Sally crying on the third floor, and then when Mrs. Romano went to investigate, of course, no one was actually there. So sad. Soon, the family then started hearing haunting organ music and heavy footfalls. Two of the older Romana children actually woke up one night to find something yanking the blankets off of their bed. Oh, no thank you. No thank you at nope. all. Um, and then again, Miss Romano once awoke to find herself screaming on her bedroom floor, almost as though an unseen presence was screaming along beside her. And she had literally fallen out of the bed. What the heck? So, pretty terrifying. Um, and then they actually, after this, they, a priest advised the Romanos to move out. And so in 1974, they did. Um, so Mr. Romano said that the house was, in quotation marks, getting the best of her. Um, and she actually suspected that she had been haunted by Louise um, Tiedemann, um, who they say might have been the girl who was in white crying on the third floor. Um, as you remember, um, one of the three children that they buried previously. Um, not the one that... Not the one, um, or the one that was crying in white was the one that passed away due to diabetes. And then Louise Tideman um, was one of the other daughters that was buried at the time. Um, the Romano family reported several encounters with ghosts in their new home and attempted exorcisms and even had a now defunct ghost hunting group known as the Northeast Ohio Physical Research Society come investigate the castle. Um, and of course, like I said earlier, in 1974, they decided to leave the house. They sold it to Sam Muschitello. I don't know why I'm saying these like with an Italian accent. I mean, they all sound Italian. I mean, but it's, I don't know. We're in Ohio. 
things are crazy here. Um, and he actually then planned to turn the castle into a church. Okay. But not oh. really. <laughs> all great intentions here all great intentions so they're like hmm, let's leave this haunted place and let's turn it let's let's take this very haunted location and turn it into a church that sounds great um so this guy sam was like okay so to raise the money for the church they actually started doing haunted house ha- haunted haunted house haunted house tours <laughs> there's my german coming out now <laughs> i went from italian to german in like two seconds um, but they started doing haunted house tours um, and overnight stays at the castle. So they're like, hey, you guys want to come stay here? It's haunted. We're going to turn it into a church, I guess. How, how does that make sense? <laughs> you want to turn it into a church, but then you're going to go over and have it as a haunted house and allow them to stay in the house for yeah. the haunting. So remember, they sold the house in 1974. But here's the kicker. So human bones were actually found in a closet in 1975 and they believe they were planted there by the new owner looking to gain publicity for the ghost tours for the property to turn into a church so deceit again none of this is making sense it's just i'm pretty bad at math but this isn't adding up Mm -hmm. not (laughs) adding up at all um and of course the hauntings did not stop then so as he was trying to capitalize on this house's reputation by inviting all of the local media to come, um, of course, they all had strange experiences. But like, again, maybe this dude just was planted bones in a closet. You don't know. Um, so many of them had strange experiences while exploring its grounds. Um, actually, a Cleveland, Ohio host, um, a radio host, um, not a podcast host, unfortunately, Aww, um, sad. a radio host named John Webster um, described how something had snatched his tape recorder and then threw it down the stairs. Someone's a little mad. He's a little angry ghost. Did they take their medications that day? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, and he's quoted of saying, I just stood there holding the microphone as I watched the tape recorder go flying down to the bottom of the stairs, where it then broke into pieces. Thanks, John Webster, for that beautiful <laughs> account. Um, and then, of course, after that, um, I guess there was not a lot of success in turning it into a church. So from there, the house was then sold again and again and again. So we're up to at least like seven. We're up to like, yeah, we're up to the late 1980s. And it's, it's been sold 90s. quite a few yeah, times. Yeah, it's been sold quite a few times. Um, and of course, each new occupant continued to report strange occurrences, um, possibly like passing through odd vapors. They even heard a child crying, which might have been Louise or Emma. Oh. Um, and then they also reported strange occurrences, like um, seeing a woman in black, not a woman Thank in white. God. A woman in black standing in the window. Um, and there's actually reports of hauntings at the Franklin Castle that began to increase. Many turn their suspicion back to, of course, Mr. Tiedemann. Which one's scarier, a woman in white or a woman in black? I don't know. Like, I feel like both have, like, I don't know, like, like origin stories that can go either way. Like, I feel like a woman in white's always described as, like, sad or crying or screaming. But I feel like a woman in black gives, like, more witchy connotations. Yeah. So it's, like, more, like, black magic, stealing your soul, demonic. Yeah. But I feel like maybe not. But also, like, you know, we always talk about, like, why is it always woman in white, you know? I mean, it's a, it's a nice change, but... At what cost? 
<laughs> like in my head, both are equally just as scary as the next. I think so too. I think they're on the same playing field. It's the yin of the yang, you know, the black like and a, the white. Like if someone said a woman in red, I'd be like, eh, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like, <laughs> and then you know, I think it's just like color association. So you know, in like Chinese culture, like white is actually like for mourning, but only like here in like the states and most of Western Europe do we associate black with funerals. Did you know that a living room? was actually meant for the living to mourn yeah like i didn't that's where they would like put the the wakes like instead of like having a funeral home they would have the wakes in their living room and it was for the living to mourn yeah and then they had a sitting room for like sitting and enjoying their time you know what would be sad though what if you if you died (laughs) in the living room Mm -hmm. choking on a lifesaver that would be terrible. <laughs> I don't like that, Allison, at all. I'm going to imagine that picture in my head for weeks. You're welcome. Every time I, I, you know, I don't eat lightsabers, lifesavers regularly enough to worry about that. So I, I guess I'm good. And you know the whole point of the hole in a lifesaver, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't choke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that they way, put the it hole will, in if it, you do so choke, it'll be there. And you can still breathe at least enough for somebody to save you. Great. Good job, Lifesavers. This episode is not sponsored by Lifesavers. No, I'm kidding. Or living rooms. Or in living rooms. Um, but yeah. So back to the story. Um, so they turn their suspicion back to the Tidemans, of course. Um, and of course, all the tragedies that had happened. Um, so while living in the house, Hans Tidman, Tiedman, um, he'd actually lost his mother and his children and his wife um, and his entire fortune and everything. Um, but what if he actually had a hand in their deaths? Very suspicious. Very suspicious. Um, you know, Emma and Louise deaths look more suspicious. As we said earlier, Emma passed away due to having diabetes, um, which I'm not sure at the time how life-threatening it was, but also seems a little bit more suspicious. And then Louise's death, um, his mother, um, Wobeka, like, hmm, these things are coming to light a little bit more, like... Maybe this was suspicious. It's a little sus. It's a little sus. Um, so then stories began to spread that Tiedman had even maybe even murdered his own niece by hanging her from the rafters. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. So these stories had always kind of been told. But again, there was like no evidence behind them. And again, these are these are undocumented claims. So these are just some things that people are looking at. Like, hmm. Again, written history in this time wasn't the greatest. Yeah. It, it existed. It, it was just there. wasn't. But great. also like, you know, a bunch of hearsay and rumors. And remember, this is, again, a castle in like a prominent area in Ohio, um, in Cleveland, Ohio. So like people, yeah. of course, are going to talk and like people are going to tell stories. And it's in one of the nice neighborhoods, too. It yeah. Just like in the middle of nowhere yeah. or in like, quote unquote, for lack of better words, in the ghetto. Yeah. It, it was a nice neighborhood. Yeah. And they were prominent people. Yeah. They were like businessmen, you know. Um, as we always talk about, like, these people had a life. Um, and so, you know, we always talk about, like, what's the difference between, like, rumors and what's written accounts. So take that and t- take everything with a grain of salt when we're talking yeah. about the hauntings. Yeah. Um, but then they also, so, of course, like, they were looking at all these suspicious things. And then there was even maybe a tale going around that he maybe even killed his mistress in a fit of jealous rage. Oh. So, like, was this man actually the one behind all this? Was he the one actually murdering these people? Or did they just succumb to, you know, ailments and things that happen naturally? Um, so, you I never mean, know. I feel like life sta- lifespan at this point has 
increased and we've definitely noticed over the last few decades that human life has been Mm -hmm. slowly getting better which is why you need to take your medications yes (laughs) Um, i mean like back then average life was like what 50 60 yeah because his his you know his wife died at 57 yeah which was like i feel like pretty normal back then yeah whereas now people are living into their 80s and that's kind of 90s yeah 80s is where you kind of need to start worrying but you know they're okay yeah and again it just depends um, but, you know, obviously Franklin's Castle legend itself has grown to such yeah. a proportion that, you know, it's one of the most haunted houses in all the United States. So, again, it's that whole thing on the man versus the myth versus the, you know, the actual story that's here to be told, um, which yeah. is why we like to, again, always tell the history first. Um, but was Hans Tiedman, Tiedman a brute who slowly and steadily murdered his entire family? Or was he just a man who went to buy a castle? I mean, I would love to just buy a castle. (laughs) I mean, there is a castle here in town, but unfortunately, it's already taken. Mm -hmm. Well, we have another record. So, of course, one man said no. He was, in fact, not a murderer and did not mean to murder his entire family. So this guy, William Krejci, Krejci, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. It's k-r-e-j-c-i if you guys want to look it up um he was actually a cleveland author and investigative historian who wrote a book on the franklin castle called haunted franklin castle um and he just believes that the stories about the teedman's cruelty had just been embellished over time so again it's just it's just the myth not necessarily the man um, it is said that he actually entirely disagreed that the Franklin Castle was haunted at all. Um, again, recounting the tales of the people trying to turn it into a haunted house, putting the bones in it, um, that it didn't get its haunted history until about the 1960s, when, again, that was kind of becoming the popular thing yeah. to do. Makes sense. Um, and, you know, when he visited the house, he did have, a you know, a number of strange experiences, but it was only, like, small stuff. So he said he, like heard footsteps and voices or maybe there was like a radio that turned on um he said the radio turning on on his phone and things like that he said it's kind of cool um but again he says this all with like what is it like he said it very loosely very loosely um and you can check out his book for more so if you're looking for more information check out the haunted franklin castle um and you can read more on it um, and then, of course, today, the Franklin Castle is a private revi- residence. Um, its current owners are, um, what does that mean? <laughs> I a mean, mom I, on I guess, any recent hauntings? I guess that there's, like, nothing really new yeah, there's on, like, the, eh. on reportings. They're like, it's here. It's yeah. a house. It's um, and, you pretty know, normal. Yeah, but the house does remain, you know, being popular. Um, it's one of the most popular stops on the Cleveland Ghost Tours. Um, though it's only viewable from the outside because and people are living in it. Um, and haunting aficionados claim that the ghost of Louise Tademan is the one who can be seen standing in the window from the outside. In that way, Franklin Castle will continue to keep its secrets. Its soaring turrets, delicate details, and striking windows might mask horrific crimes, or not. Or they may simply symbolize how one of immigrants' Americans or they may symbolize how one immigrant's American dream became a devastating nightmare. Yikes. Yikes. Um, But yeah, so I mean, again, this all has a lot of hauntings and history behind it. Um, The man, the myth, the legend. Um, So is it haunted, Allison? What's your hot take? I want to say 
there's a possibility, but you can't also discredit all the stuff that potentially might happen. Yeah. Because I mean that is a lot. A little of suspicious. That that's a lot of tragedy. Yeah. To happen in one place, and we know with tragedy comes, ha- it will, t- has a tendency of coming with hauntings. Yep. And for a lot of suspicion, it's a lot of hearsay. Mm-hmm. And we've seen in history with a lot, specifically Salem witch trials, mm-hmm. a lot of hearsay, a lot of hauntings coming with it, a lot of trauma. Yeah. So. I would and say it's just sad, you know? Yeah, I would say possibly, but... Mm-hmm. We're given the possibility of, well, let's see, like, six out of ten ghosts? Yeah. Yeah, six yeah. out of ten ghosts. Could be haunted about 60%. Yeah. But, you know, again, like, things get embellished over time, um, but it is really sad. It's and, like, the stuff that happened here is still, you know, it's still what happened, you know, and you have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, it, but it are people capitalizing on it? Maybe. I mean, I do think it's one of those, like, telephone story things. Yeah, it's like someone told somebody that told somebody else. It just, it gets passed along so much. And and I mean, it's like freaking castles. So castles have to be haunted, right? Like, come on. Otherwise, it wouldn't be (laughs) in the show. What's the point of being a castle if you're not haunted, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's all for this week. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The The Poulter Gals. And be sure to tune in every week mm-hmm. and starting this coming Sunday, uh, every day for the next three weeks from every day. December 4th to December 24th. Every day. For Christmas ghost stories and then every Tuesday for terrifying tales and every Friday for your regular aired showcased show. Woo! All right. Bye. 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 Were you going to say something else? Nope. <laughs> You've been listening to The Poltergals, a Rogue Media Network podcast. This has been a Rogue Media podcast.